Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsports. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and as is Tuesday tradition, we let Andy go over and hang out with the folks at Betsports Golf, and Mr. Matt Rooney comes in to make sure that we get a little bit of hockey and baseball, because frankly, Andy and I can't figure out hockey. I have no interest in baseball. Thank God for you, Matt. Welcome back. How's it going? Somebody's got to hit, you know, two of the other three or four, or two of the other major sports. So I'll, I'm happy to come in and do those once a week for you guys. Hopefully more over the summer once baseball kind of becomes the only thing. Uh, I'm doing good. I'm glad you got your Flyers hat on today. That's very nice of you to remember to wear that for me. It's cold, man. It's I don't know what it is. It's Pennsylvania April is very strange. March and April, you have like it's 60, 70 for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Today, the high is 40. What a fun place to live. We had, we had snow in some places yesterday. I'm sure that this is pretty much everywhere that's somewhat north and somewhat east, I think. Um, but we had, you know, snow in some places in Illinois yesterday. And then this weekend is supposed to be, you know, high as 70, 75. So just about similar to what you're talking about. One day it's snowing, one day it's 70 and we're on the golf course. I can't, excited for the weekend. <laughs> Get me a little it's bit a silly place, but what are we going to do? We got a bunch of sports to talk to. Did you watch much of the playoffs over the weekend? Did uh, any of the basketball last night? Uh, I did not watch much last night. Uh, I had flipped on with the, I had the jazz game on like a little bit. Uh, I was just kind of bouncing around the TV last night. I watched a lot of the Bulls game. I was, it's weird. I was like happy for them, but like also disappointed at the same time because they're not going to win that series. But like, I know the Bucks usually struggle in game ones, but like, man, if they were going to get one, that was the one. And they decided to shoot like 19% from three. DeMar had, had like his worst game he's had in months. Uh, which I, I don't know if that's uh, I'm starting to hear from Raptors fans that might be a thing uh, come playoff time. But yeah, he didn't play very well. It seemed like with the exception of not shooting terribly well, Nikola Vucevic actually had himself a pretty decent game. Uh, they got some bench contributions. Seemed like they had everything go right that needed to in order to steal one from the Bucks, except their best player being their best player. And they ended up losing. And now that's not that they would have won the series, but now the series is really over. That was kind of their chance to get one. It was a strange situation. As you might remember, I had the team total under for the Bulls and also the Bucks to sweep. And it was weird to comfortably win the Bulls team total under. It was like 109 or something. I mean, they didn't mm-hmm. even sniff anywhere near that. But then also to be sweating my Bucks to sweep ticket. It was a very odd dynamic. I told you, I have I uh, like a week before the series started, or once uh, they kind of released those series prices, FanDuel had the exact scores. I took a little Bucks to sweep at like plus 310 a little bucks to win four to one at plus 180. So I, I like where I'm at. <laughs> You're def- definitely in good shape. Last night, I got to be watching that jazz game. It's one of the tough things about the team totals. I like the over in that game, but I like the jazz team total over a little bit better. It was 105. The jazz scored only 104 points, but the Mavericks got 110 up. So kudos to anybody that took the over and not the jazz team total over. But we continue to press forward. we got three games tonight. I've got picks in two of them. The one I did skip is the Phoenix-New Orleans game. Again, those numbers look about right to me. Kind of like an over. Wouldn't mind maybe a Pelicans team total over. Just had kind of a rough offensive night. Maybe a little bit of a bounce back for them. But two looks I do like. We will be taking a full game over here. Um, Dan's Hawks against the Miami Heat. The Heat really thumped the Hawks the other night. And it's hard for me to discern whether it was kind of a bad one game for Atlanta who, you know, it's game one in Miami. They're supposed to lose that game. And or if it's really the ripple effect of no Clint Capella. Um, what Clint Capella does in terms of unlocking Trey Young and kind of that whole offense, what he can provide in terms of rebounding and extra possessions is just huge for that team. And, you know, Trey Young is the most important player, but I, I wonder if this is what we're what we're seeing now is what happens when they're without Capella. So 
it's hard for me to back the Hawks, kind of like the Heat tonight, but I think we're just going to see another up and down game here. A lot of points. We've seen a ton of points in Hawks games in general. And honestly, both teams could have shot a lot better in game one. So I think we'll get a little bit of a regression there. Again, everything kind of points to the over. So um, again, I have this closer to 224. So anything 218, 219s I'm seeing out there, grab that or over. And then Andy's not here, but it's okay. We'll talk about the Timberwolves anyway. Played a great game one, put up 130 points on the Memphis Grizzlies. And I don't see any reason that they won't do that again. Now, I'm not saying they won't score, they'll score 130, but they should put up a huge number. You go back and look at this matchup during the regular season. They scored more than 117 in three of those four games. Now, four out of five, if you count that first playoff game. Both teams want to play at an up-tempo up style. Both teams have a ton of offensive prowess. And you know, the full game total here at about 241, 242 looks just about right to me. But instead of taking the Timberwolves on the spread here, it just, again, looks like a much better um, value to me. I have them close to 120, almost 121 points here. So give me the team total over on the Timberwolves, 117 or lower. So we'll go on over and a team total over. And it's uh, – well, there you go. It's good that Dan's feeling optimistic, but it's probably because he didn't think they had a chance. What you know, I, th- what Dan said there, though, is right. You see that a lot, a lot of times with teams that are kind of fighting to make the playoffs. Well, in just about any sport, sometimes you empty the tank to make the playoffs. You get a terrible first-round matchup, and you just kind of got nothing left. And that I think that has a lot of merit to it. That might kind of be where the Hawks are at. It just kind of happens. Uh, I did want to ask you about the – I know Warriors Nuggets, you were on, you know, Nuggets take that series of plus money. So you shake, shaking your head. I'm not not bringing it up because it's bad, or because you know because it's a bad bet. I just I'm more no, on that. Okay. What's like I, I see Steph is an, uh, Steph's only playing like 20 or so minutes a night. I believe he was coming off the bench as well. So like, is this a he's actually still hurt, or is this a let's rest him for kind of the more like let's rest him for when we actually need him in you know a second round series or a third round matchup with the Suns or what's going on kind of there with Steph because I know he's been banged up, but like like you with hockey or baseball, you don't follow it totally completely. The NBA, I'm not super plugged into. So what's, what's actually going on there? He's not a hundred percent. It's a nice way to control his minutes and kind of get him back in. I actually thought it was kind of a brilliant idea. I'm surprised that no coach has ever thought to just be like, you're going to play the last X minutes of every quarter. It makes it really straightforward. You ensure that the player is there, you know, during high value minutes. And at the same time, it's a blowout in the fourth quarter. You get to save him an extra six minutes or so. So I think it's more of a time management kind of a, a way to smooth him back into the series a little bit as he does get to be 100%. He's moving around okay, but you can see that it's not quite there yet. And even with the rest, I mean, the way this series is going, I wonder if they'll, they'll let him take a game off or two. It's, I'm really disappointed in the Nuggets overall and, and their ability to kind of put up enough points. But, I mean, this Warriors team, we didn't see them kind of at full strength for the last couple months. So maybe finally having Steph and finally having Draymond together and whatever Jordan Poole has figured out. I don't know what he's drinking or eating for breakfast, but we need to figure that out because it's just, man, it's t- it's tough for the Nuggets. But they go home 0-2. Oh, Let's see if they can steal two at home. But, yeah, they're doing an interesting job with the, the management of Steph Curry. I, I like the idea. Again, I'm surprised no coach has ever thought to try something like this. So if the Warriors go ahead and take game three, you think Steph gets rested fully game four? Probably. I think there's a very, very good chance of that. Um, We'll see. It's the playoffs, so generally there isn't too much shenanigans, but I think there's a good chance. Yeah, if they're up 3-0, maybe they send him home, get some rest and rehab before game five, if there is one. All right. Well, keep an eye on it. uh, The NBA playoffs, uh, this year, I'm just, I feel, I find myself similar to last year. 
as opposed to you know prior years like so much more interested come like this time come yeah come this time around because and i know it kind of feels like bucks sons are the two teams that are going but like if somebody knocked off the bucks it was the nets or it was the celtics or it was your sixers like it just feels a little bit less predictable than it's been in the past the west a little bit more so predictable with the suns but like i'm very plugged in gonna be locked into these eastern conference playoffs going forward and hopefully the bulls don't get eliminated for but uh that probably is going to happen it speaks to the overall talent and i think the fact that we're at a point now where almost all the good players are on good teams. So it's a combination of having a lot of great players and we get to see them all. It's a lot more fun when they're all actually here in the postseason. But let's shift gears. Talks about something that, again, for me, isn't quite as fun as basketball. I won't say it's Fair not enough. fun, but baseball is OK once the weather's nice. But baseball is happening. It looks like we're about 10, 11 games and uh, the Phillies are already out of the playoffs. What a bummer. How are the White Sox? That lineup once the weather warms up that Phillies lineup is going to do some serious damage. It's, it's just, it's, it's cold everywhere right now, especially in Philly, especially here. That's why you know, my white Sox aren't scoring a ton right now, but the Phillies lineup is, is too good to not at some point go on a run that kind of carries them for, you know, a 10 out of 12, something like that. They're, they're going to be, they're in a tough division, obviously with the Mets being, you know, the Steve Cohen spending all the money in the world, the Braves off to a bad start, but, you know, being the world series champions, even the nationals will look better than we thought right now. So that's a tough division for the Phillies. Um, but I, I do have like, I, I have a three, uh, three picks tonight, no total base props, unfortunately, but I wanted to get a white Sox one in there. Uh, I have the first five now in FanDuel. It's listed as first half. It's not listed as first five. So if you see first half to, uh, on their site, that is first five innings. Uh, White Sox and Indians have an early first pitch tonight, 6-10 Eastern time. Uh, first half under 3.5 at plus money. It's going to be like 40 degrees in Cleveland. Shane Bieber's throwing for them. He's been a, he's been one of the best pitchers in baseball for the last two or three years, and he's dominated the Sox over his career. And last year was, I think, 3-0 and in four starts with a 1.8 ERA. Uh, so he's had the White Sox number. The White Sox are always a, a slow-starting team at the plate. They don't love the uh, the early cold weather with the, the amount of, you know, Cuban players and Dominican players on that team. They, they tend to start a little bit slow when it's colder outside. That's OK. Um, but I, I really like that first inning under with plus money because I, I love Shane Bieber's chances against the White Sox. He knows the knows the lineup really well, has pitched against them well historically. Dallas Keuchel had a solid first start against Seattle, let it slip a little bit. But I, I think he's got a little bit of a shorter leash on him. And really, you're just looking to get through, you know, four or so innings kind of unscathed, which he did against Seattle for the most part. Uh, and cold weather in a big park in Cleveland, I think, suit him pretty well when the, when the ball's not carrying quite as far. So I, I like that under three and a half, especially at the plus money. Uh, speaking of the Mariners team, the White Sox just took two out of three from uh, Robbie Ray is on the mound for them tonight, defending AL Cy Young winner. Uh, last time out against the Sox, he did get hit around a little bit, but settled in and actually ended up pitching pretty well after the first couple innings in a, in a game that was just drenched with rain, so it would have been very hard to pitch well. And anyways, uh, they're hosting the Rangers. The Rangers are, are pretty bad. Uh, I think they're 2-8. and eight, and Their pitching has just been absolutely abysmal this year. So the Mariners at home coming off taking two out of three against the Astros with their Cy Young winning you know, ace on the mound. I like that at plus 146. And apologies to Dan. Uh, his Braves are off to a slow start this year. Max Freed's off to a little slow start this year, as to be expected when you're the defending World Series champions. Congrats on that again, Dan. Uh, but the Dodgers are off to a fantastic start this year, 8-2, 5-0 at home. Uh, they're covering that one and a half at, at a pretty easy clip. I, I forgot things like four of their last five games. They've kind of they've covered that number. So plus money. Uh, I know they're going up against Freed, but they got Walker Bueller on the mound tonight, who is you know a, a Cy Young caliber pitcher. He's their ace. 
uh, at home playing as well as they are. I think that's uh, that's pretty good value to lay on the Dodgers. So those are uh, we'll try to get some plus money, all plus money bets for you. Alex, I got three plus money picks for you. Uh, tonight's baseball slate, slate that Sox one's really early and then Mariners and Dodgers both out West. So those are going to start late for you. I like it. I can dig it. I mean, I, admittedly, I'm a little bummed. You didn't give us any total base props. It's always kind of fun, but that's you know, fine. I, 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 most of my total base props come with White Sox games because they are, you know, that's the team I watch most. So I kind of have a few, I, I generally know, you know, Eloy Jimenez hits well against this team or Luis Robert against this team. The Sox in Cleveland, just weird things kind of happen, and Shane Bieber's really good and has had their number, and it's cold. I I, I looked at some of those numbers, and there was nothing against a pitcher like Shane Bieber. I'm not going to give you an under total basis prop for one of my guys. Uh, There were no overs that I really was like, yeah, that's the one I really like. Maybe Jose Abreu, he's usually had pretty good success against aces, like really good pitchers. He's hitting them pretty well. Uh, I believe he is the one White Sox who has some pretty decent numbers. So, if you, hey, if you want a total base prop, maybe find a Jose Abreu over one and a half total bases. That'll probably get you like plus 115, plus 110 against a guy like Shane Bieber. Maybe even better. So, there, there, there you go. There's my total base prop. Ah, it's official play, that. not on the card, but I'm going to give you that one right off the top of my head. Jose Abreu total bases over one and a half. Now, admittedly, while you were doing it, I was trying to find this stat because I saw somebody send this in. Since 2003, Matt, there's been about 42,000 baseball games. What percentage of those baseball games were decided by one run? Not a lot. Give me a guess. Give me a percent. 17. 28%, which, again, a little higher than I thought it would be. You know, everybody, they only have to win by one. That's why there's so much value in those minus one and a halfs. And Mm -hmm. I know there were some books for a while that I even offered minus one or you can synthetically create minus one, but mm-hmm. that's what the value of selling runs is. I mean, it's again, only 28% of all baseball games actually finish in one run. So more I often than not, again, over 70% of with, the time. I've done it in hockey a lot. You've seen with my, you know, I give out a lot of puck lines because I like that value baseball even more. So like when you have tonight, John Gray is not a very, hasn't been a very good pitcher. He had a brutal first start for the Rangers this year. He's going up against the Cy Young winner and Robbie Ray against the Mariners team. That's playing really well on the road. And, a four to two win pays out plus 146. Like there's, and whereas I can take the money line and it's paying, you know, I got to lay, you know, whatever juice. I don't remember what was off the top of my head, but you're laying a significant amount of juice. There's really no, like if you, more times than not, statistically speaking, as you just said, the run line is going to hit because more games at like 70% of baseball games end in, you know, multiple run deficits. So the value really just lies there. If I lose one month, if I lose one run line, I might win. Statistically speaking, I'll win the next two and that's going to pay me out of plus money most of the time. So that, that's why I'm with you. There's just so much more value in doing it that way. You can do some, you know, favorites money line parlays if you really don't want to risk that, but like the value lies in the run lines. Got to sell those runs, baby. Now get back to some tennis. Yesterday, you know, again, kind of, you know, we had the Jazz team total versus the over. And yesterday we had a nice big fat underdog. And you guys got kind of lucky. I lied to you and told you that it started early this morning. Apparently, Chloe Piquet's match started shortly after the show started. And as Dan was so nice enough to remind me, I said, you know, if things get out of hand here, they really could get out of hand. And boy, they did. She got double bageled. So hopefully you listened to me lie to you about the start time and missed that bet. But we'll try again today. Again, this is a bet I did talk about yesterday with these first rounds and kind of the timing, it's hard to find a lot of new matches. Um, we did to get a winner actually earlier. Uh, Nuria Pati says Diaz got it done. And Kirstea, um, if you want to check that, got 
um, pushed or canceled because the match got moved around a little bit. The draw was reorganized as players are quitters. But Annette Contivate here, minus five games. Talked about this a little bit yesterday. Angelique Kerber, the German fantastic player, often does well um, in her home country. Has played well in Stuttgart before, but is really on the decline of her career here and runs into someone in Annette Contivate who is headed the other direction. She has just had a spectacular last year or so, you know, last 12 months, if you will, of tennis, just about as good as anybody, especially indoors. For whatever reason, she's much more comfortable. You see her hold rates go up. She starts to hit um, more aggressive winners and such. It's just a much more comfortable environment for her being indoors and not having to deal with, you know, any of the nonsense of wind or extra sound or anything that's going on from being outside. And just like her to really put one on Kerber here. She's um, beaten her pretty soundly the last couple times they've played. And the more I look at this match, it could possibly be competitive here, but it just feels kind of like a 6-4-6-2-6-4-6-3 kind of situation for Contivate. So you look around, there's minus four and a half games at standard juice. That's fine if you don't have a book where you can sell the half game. But poke around, a handful of places will let you do this. So let's sell the half game. Give me plus 115 on a net Contivate who will play let me just double check this afternoon it's always nice to have a winner before the show even starts so you're you're entering this brown bag bet show while already being up money i love that where is stuttgart yes germany that's what that would have been my i would have said a germany or an austria but that that would have been my guess that's what it sounds like yeah we're in stuttgart and the other match is in istanbul so we're in germany and turkey lots of tennis it's all great I got some hockey picks now, if you're ready for them, too. We can Ooh. talk about your flyers. I'm excited. What, I'm, not fully fading your, I'm not fully fading your flyers, either. I'm actually oh, I'm glad I get to watch these. I've been excited. Yeah. I've been betting these. Uh, Every time you bring them up, these second period overs, uh, that's I, good. Dan I, actually flashed, they are, flashed it over. They but are I'm in. I'm going to put this money. on. I'll watch this. They are plus money every time. Uh, the Caesars is where is the, the place I found those the most consistently. A lot of books will have second period overs live in-game. Not all of them have them pre-game. Caesars usually has them pregame. Uh, rest of the odds are from FanDuel. Um, but Leafs second period, I, I keep saying this every, I, luckily it seems like every Tuesday the Leafs are playing, so I got something. And when come playoff time, I might probably take a step back from this because the game changes a little <laughs> bit come playoff time. But man, 12 out of the 12 out of last 15 second periods have gone over two and a half. 12 of the Leafs second periods have gone over two and a half. Uh, I think the Leafs are averaging like just about three goals a period in the uh, three goals per second period in that span. It's plus 110 tonight. I don't, it, it might not hit, but you have to take it every time. It, it's plus money every time, plus money. It, it, it varies between plus 110 and plus 142. So you have a lot of these second period overs hitting at plus 140 easily. It just makes all the sense in the world to go take that. Um, the Flyers, I believe three of their last five second periods have gone over the two and a half. And the two that didn't, they still allowed two goals. So they were right there. They just didn't do their part. Did their scoring. part. Um, I, I like I like this over two and a half plus one ten. It'll probably hit, and if it doesn't, next time the Leafs play, go ahead and take it. Statistically speaking, it's going to hit. Uh, threw together a heavy favorites money line parlay. Patrick's asking why the Panthers aren't in it. I love the Florida Panthers. Been as big of a Florida Panthers fan as there is this year. They don't have a whole lot to play for right now, which isn't a knock on them. It's not to say they won't win win against the Islanders. I know the Islanders have nothing to play for against either. But when I'm putting together like a money line, a heavier favorites money line parlay, I really kind of wanted to look for some teams with some motivation because if you don't have motivation, I believe they're on the road in New York tonight. They don't have a ton to play for. It's pretty easy to not get up fully and they'll probably again win tonight. And if you want to add that, it's it's probably the right play. But that's why I don't have them in here. 
Uh, I'm going to start with the Kings. Kings are third in the Pacific Division. They're trying to hold off the Canucks, who have won six in a row. Uh, the Kings are visiting Anaheim tonight. They're minus 170 on the money line. Anaheim season's pretty much over. Again, Kings are have been kind of back and forth the last couple of weeks. They're they're trying to hold off Vegas and Vancouver. They need a win tonight against when you play a bad team with five teams left and you're in a playoff chase. You got to win this one. Uh, I think they do get out there. Plus, they had the the shortest odds, of minus 170. Um, so I, I think they are longest, longest, shortest, whatever, uh, minus 170. <laughs> uh, so I, I, that's also in there to add a little bit of value. The the Minnesota Wild are in Montreal tonight. I'm assuming Mark Andre Fleury will start that for them. He is uh, the, I mean, the goalie they picked up the deadline. He's from Montreal or at least the area of the, the Canadians are his hometown team. He historically plays very well there. So I expect him to play. I expect, expect him to play very well there. The Wild are a point behind the Blues in the central that division is essentially settled, but they, the blues and wild are playing for home, uh, home ice advantage and what's going to be their likely first round matchup uh, blues play or host the Bruins tonight. That's a tough matchup for them. No doubt. Minnesota sees this one as kind of a, a must win type game, either to keep pace or have a good chance to, to re jump the blues and kind of get back into that second spot. That's going to be back and forth and kind of a fun race to watch down to the finish. Uh, the New York Rangers are in a similar situation trying to win the Metro uh, with the Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes won in Phoenix last night to uh, vault them two points ahead of the Rangers. Rangers have a game in hand, so this is kind of their chance to hold serve against a not as bad as the Coyotes uh, team and the Jets, but a Jets team, again, not much to play for. The Rangers have everything in the world to play for. They're at home. They've been playing really good hockey lately. That one's around minus 210. I like that. And uh, then the Vancouver Canucks, who are one of the hottest teams in hockey, they've won six in a row about a, a, two weeks ago. They were nowhere near the playoff race. Now they're finding them squarely in it. Uh, they're just a point behind Vegas and four points behind the Kings for that last playoff spot. So I hope they don't end the night just two points behind the Kings because that will mean this, this parlay didn't hit. But in their heads, that's you know two points they either need to keep pace or possibly have a chance to to jump and get within you know a game of the Kings. So all four of those teams are heavier favorites and all have a lot to still play for. That's kind of what I'm looking for late in the season here. Uh, that's why I, like last uh, I put together one yesterday in my blog. I originally had the Avalanche in it. The Avalanche were you know minus two fifteen favorites at home against the Capitals. Took them out of it, and because the, the Avs have nothing to play for, the Caps are, are still playing for playoff positioning. Lo and behold, the Capitals went out and won in Colorado last night. So, so late in the season, when you find these teams that don't have much to play for, especially at the top, that you know, similar to what you were saying with with the Warriors in the playoffs, you know, resting Steph and kind of getting him right. Hockey players, hockey teams aren't necessarily full out resting players, like you take, you know, giving them off nights. But you know, certain teams, you, know, you might see Alexander Barkov play. 14 minutes as opposed to his normal 19, whatever, something like that. So it, it's, it's a similar uh, trend for the, these teams to kind of rest players, give them a little bit less ice time. So that's why I try to avoid those games. But these are, these are the four I like. And then obviously leave second period overs. That's just a thing we're on for the rest of the year. And hopefully that continues into next year. I can dig it. I was just checking the standings and unfortunately the Flyers still eliminated. I guess you can't get yeah. eliminated. No, they didn't get uneliminated, unfortunately. Yeah, it looks like the Eastern Conference, we got that mostly figured out. The West still kind of open here at the bottom. So some fun hockey here. Yeah, I'm glad. I believe the East is completely locked into the playoff teams. It's now just a matter of positioning, which I think most of that is honestly kind of settled now, too. You have some some lower teams still fighting for positioning, but the top end is pretty much set. And then, yeah, the West is, is similarly fairly set in terms of the divisions, but you have the wild card still kind of there to be settled out, even though those are kind of locked in as well. 
I can take it. I'm excited. Well, I think that's all we got. Thanks again, the folks for the chat for some good questions. And as always, make sure you like and subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Again, it makes Andy happy even when he's not here. And we'll be sure to be back tomorrow.